Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Pat Whalen. Pat is a lifelong comic book geek. And Mike is a filmmaker and storyteller. So naturally, a bulk of our conversations surround the world of the Marvel movies. Some consider the MCU one of the greatest achievements in modern day filmmaking. And others just think they're comic book movies. Each episode, we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen. We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond and have a little fun along the way. You may not have asked for it. You certainly don't need it, but you'll be happy we're here. We think. This is yet another MCU podcast. Is it okay if I start this? Absolutely. Good. And we're back. (laughs) Welcome to episode seven. Well, technically, yes, episode one of phase two, but yes. of season two of phase, I don't know, I have no idea, but yes. All right, welcome to seven. the first <laughs> episode of phase two of yet another MCU podcast. We have returned after a much needed hiatus. Uh, we traveled the country, uh, touring, talking about the season one with our many, many multitude of fans. Um, if you'd like to book us for your <laughs> event, and the please begins. let us know. <laughs> so we have returned, and as you know, we like to... Each episode, we get a breakdown, uh, a movie from the MCU. We're do, doing it in order. Uh, we had just done, we did the Avengers, and now, so we are now starting phase two, which is Iron Man 3. And uh, as we do here, we'll talk about the movie. We'll talk about the differences between the comics, which Pat is a uh, big time, uh, I guess, not fan. I was going to say fan. I was going to say, say fan. No, but I, I was going to say somebody with a big a lot of knowledge somewhat of, knowledgeable. <laughs> knowledge someone knowledge i am not and so i, I actually like that part because i just get the pepper pot with questions and that was pun intended for pepper pots Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man this is gonna be an episode Uh-oh. uh well it's been a while and then and then i we act to we like to wrap it up with just this move the movie in and of itself inside the mcu um uh, and with other you know things going on which is a little interesting because this one doesn't have a lot but we'll get to no. that all right so real quickly let me just give some facts on iron man 3 as I move my computer to actually be in front of me this time. Iron Man 3 came out on May 3rd, 2013. That was a Friday, actually two days before my birthday. It's a runtime of 130 minutes. It's rated PG-13, had a production budget of $200 million. And I have a note here that says they added, the budget was originally 140, and they added 60 after the success of the Avengers. So after the Avengers mm-hmm. did like massive amount, massive amount of money, yeah. they gave more money to the Iron Man 3 budget. I don't. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't know where it went. I've, <laughs> who knows? Probably to Robert Downey Jr.'s salary. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It, uh, it's opening weekend. It did 174 million domestic, 409, and then worldwide it did 1.2 billion dollars. So I guess, I guess it was successful. I would. I would, say, right? I would think so. <laughs> we also have. Uh, this is the first Iron Man not directed by Favreau, right? Because Favreau did two. He I, did one yeah. and two. Yeah. So you have directed by Shane Black, who also wrote it with Drew Pierce. Uh, music by Brian Tyler, which he did the Avengers. And does does he do Avengers Age of Ultron, I think? I believe he so. He does a couple. I, I think you guys just talked about him, too, on Forgotten Cinema with Constantine, correct? Yes, I believe yeah. so. Yes, yeah, so that's... So uh, he's been in the comic book correct. universe uh, for a while. For those out there, that's my other podcast with uh, Mike Butler, Forgotten Cinema. Check it out. Um, and the plugs continue. <laughs> exactly. Uh, cinematography by John Toll and produced by... None other than Kevin Feige. Of course. I guess I'll run through the cast because uh, I'm not going to. 
drop it down. You know, the, the usuals are there. But yep. now we have who's added to the mix is Guy Pierce as the villain, as Aldrich Killian. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Hall as Maya Hansen, who is his partner, I guess, in crime, kind of. Ish. Yeah. Uh, Favreau returns, obviously. Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery as the Mandarin, which we'll get into that, I'm sure. James Badge Dale. Oh, geez. These notes are low. Stephanie Sostak. I said that wrong. Paul Bettany has returned. William Sadler, which I forgot he was in. And then uh, the kid, Ty Simpkins. Yes. Sadler's the president. I know. Oh, uh, right. You're, you're, and then who played the uh, the vice president? That's somebody that's been Oh, Miguel Ferrer. That, Miguel yeah. Ferrer. He's passed away. Did he? Oh. Yeah, I noticed that. He's passed. I think he passed away. That's too oh. bad. I like that. That is. He was. Too bad he, I mean, he was a really good away. character actor. Like, he was. Pop up. It's like, jerk, oh, so that guy. Sometimes he's like a real like, Oh, he jerk. always plays yeah. a real good like administrative jerk. But yeah. I love the guy. I mean, he was a great actor. Okay, so give me some of your thoughts on this movie. I mean, you've I know you've watched it a ton of times. Yeah. This is actually the first time I watched it since I watched it in the theater. Wow. I know. I don't really go back a lot, but go No, because I think, I mean, a lot of the ones we've talked about in phase one, two, you didn't. Well, I never really see Iron Man. You never really see Iron Man 3 on like HBO or Showtime when you're no. flipping around. You see the others. You see Captain America. You right. see sometimes. Oh, I never really see I think Thor. it was on FX for a while. They had the rights to it, but I don't know what the current situation was. With Disney Plus is so you might not even be able to scroll through like FX or TBS anymore and get something. Well, it's on. That's where I saw. It. I saw it on Disney Plus. Okay, yeah, um, that's where I watched. Which is one of the ones that yeah. Kind of give me your thoughts in terms of when you saw it back then. When I saw it back then, uh, and even now, it feels like well, one, it's it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's good. They have a really good mix of the personal drama. It's got a lot of fun action to it. Uh, it feels almost like a. And this is a weird review of it, but feels almost like a nineties movie. Like there's got these moments where it's a little bit lower budget where, you know, Tony's breaking into the Miami compound, the evil president, vice president's trying to take over the world. So it has a lot of that like nineties action feel to it. Well, that's Shane Black. It is Shane Black. Yeah. yeah. And it's clearly coming through. The other piece of it was it feels like an epilogue to phase one. Okay. It doesn't feel like a start to phase two. I, I can agree with that. Absolutely. The way it ends with Tony driving off into the sunset was well, sort of driving off in the sunset. We'll get to the tag in a second. <laughs> him driving off to the sunset and him saying, you know, I am Iron Man. He bookends his story from Iron Man one now into Iron Man three. And if we didn't see Tony Stark ever again after that, I mean, his performance in Endgame was fantastic. And I, I w- you know, would absolutely love to see that. But if we ended the Tony Stark Iron Man story right here, I'd be okay with that. I find the I am Iron Man tag in this third one to be obnoxious. Yeah. And now that I've heard it again, mm-hmm. I think it kind of takes away from the Endgame one because that would have been great because that would have been like the second time he said it. Right. Yeah. And I'd rather rather have that because then it harkens back to the very first time you saw it. Right. And I, so that's what they were trying to do here. I, don't, I got a fun fact for you. Ooh, go. They were orig- it was originally written with I am Tony Stark. But it got rewritten to further mythologize the character. Did it get rewritten, or did Robert Downey Jr. just didn't want to do it, and he just changed his mind? Because uh, I heard rewritten. I, movies, I saw rewritten. I'm not sure. Every time we do these movies with him in there, all I hear about is how he just does changes everything, and like just does what he wants to do, and comes in and says like I want to learn this. Yeah. And like I, what was the someone was telling me about? He came in. They had they had choreographed when he was doing uh, Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. and they had choreographed one of the ones, the one or two. He had they had choreographed this whole fight scene that he was going to do. And he came in. He's like, "Oh, listen, I just I've been training with this martial arts. I want to do it like this." And they just completely changed it. And I'm like, oh, "Come on!" But anyways, and that's when he's going against a you know, use the Sherlock Holmes one. He's going against Guy Ritchie, who's you know, profound, you know, yeah. like known director. It's not yeah. like he's just getting pulling some guy off the street, and it's like, no, no, no this is. Mm-hmm. This is Robert Downey Jr.'s movie. You just you just well, yell 
Pretty, I mean, honestly, it probably is because it's Sherlock Holmes off of Iron Man. Yeah. But regardless of that. But he also did. I mean, they worked together in this one. Shane Black and, and mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which is awesome. Fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And we could just sit here and talk about that for an hour. I could talk about that and the nice guys for a good four hours. Nice guys is great. Yeah. Although he's not in Nice Guys, but that's another Shane Black movie. Talk to me a little bit about Shane Black, though, because we're going from heavy improv in the first two movies right. with you know how it was written, how it was filmed, to who was arguably the most prolific writer of the '90s in terms of at least in terms of pay scale. Mm-hmm. What does he bring to this? And do in, they need in, that in terms of his writing style? His writing style, oh. just you know, directing like his his, I guess his other influences. Well, you're used to right off the bat. You said you talked about how it felt like a '90s movie. That's yeah. where his that's his bread and butter. Like yeah. he he for the longest time had the distinction for I don't know if it's still the case, but he had the highest sale for a treatment for a pitch mm-hmm. um, that he before he even wrote the script for Long Kiss Goodnight, which stars Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Before he's director, he was well. He he doesn't direct a lot. He writes a lot. He yeah. was first writer, and in you're talking like classic action films from the '90s. I want to say, I, I was going to say Lethal Weapon, but I don't think, I think that's it was Lethal right. Weapon. I think it was Lethal Weapon, LA Confidential, right? Yes, you're right. Because yeah. I, I, I don't know why I don't know. How, yeah, so he did Lethal Weapon. He did all the Lethal Well, he probably did some of the stories and stuff for three and four. He didn't do, but he did Last Action Hero, which I ever Oh, really I love Last. That's a great film. He wrote Last Boy Scout. He wrote The Monster Squad. One of his things is when you watch any of his movies is most of them take place at Christmas. They all take place yes, at Christmas. And you see it in Iron Man 3. And Does Last Action Hero take place? I can't remember. No. Uh, yes, it does. Oh, wait a minute. I think. No, it doesn't. You're I mean, this right. is a deep That's, dive here now. I don't think it does. No, but most of his movies are Christmas okay. time because like that. Well, I think he did some stuff with Die Hard. Yeah. I don't think he. it's not official, but yeah. But anyways, yeah. so. But you his not only the Christmas stuff. But the quippy dialogue, mm-hmm. which I know you can attribute to some of it being Robert also Downey the MCU. Jr., right? So it, that could be a part and parcel. They might just be that they have the same kind of taste. Yeah, character work. Like you look like a Lethal Weapon and Last Boy Scout. You have cops that are on the edge. They're not straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. They do things a little differently. You, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang before Iron Man Three. Yes, and then when Favreau said he wasn't going to do it, Robert Downey Jr. said, "Hey, why not Shane Black? I just worked with him in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang." So they have the same mentality. So I can understand why that would probably be a good fit. Yeah. Um, his scripts are refreshing. That's what I wanted to ask yeah. you about. Cause they're not the, I mean, and you could talk a little bit about the format of standard Hollywood scripts, but he goes a little bit wider and weirder in the descriptions. He'll sometimes get a little referential, self-referential okay. about, uh, about pop culture stuff. Yeah. Not so much in terms of like, like have a Kevin Smith or a Quentin Tarantino, but it's in there. And I, I just, I, I think he just maybe shoots from the seat of his pants kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. His writing, his style is very, it's not stilted. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. It's not, you have a classic structure in there, but he masks it with, you know, character work and, mm-hmm. and, and action scenes and just overall dialogue. You can't see it too much. Yeah. But again, you have like he, this movie is another personal journey story. And, and, and like you said, it feels like a wrap up movie, <laughs> especially towards the end with the credits it's all images from the last three films. Yeah. So yeah, like, um, you're like, and oh. it's fun. The, the music's a beat more than like it had been. Well, there's no ACDC in this one. They got rid of that. That's true. I had a note here that he made a point that he wanted to focus on real world villains and not like guys in suits kind mm-hmm. of thing. So you have Killian, you have the Mandarin, which yeah. is not really the Mandarin, which is a theme now in the Iron Man and, and the last Spider-Man. 
which is people faking who they are. People faking who you are. We've talked about it in the other Iron Man movies. Somebody is disgruntled about Tony Stark. <laughs> Always. Always. So that's where Aldrich Killing comes in. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the Mandarin reveal? Well, I know that because they set up, what is it? The Ten Rings? Yes. In the first two. Yeah. And they, they kind of hint to it. And they don't really say that whether it was all fake. Mm-hmm. You just completely ignore that now. Which we're going to get to that when we get to the um, comics. uh, No, with the connections to the MCU. So there are a little bit more connections than you probably recognize on the surface. Okay. All right, cool. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, it it was fine. Uh, You knew that Killian was the bad guy from the beginning. As soon as you walked right in, as soon as you see him in Pepper Potts' office, after you for last moment, he's a complete nerd. Right. And he's just like this slick, suave dude. Like I might get like <laughs> extremists is supposed to make you all powerful and strong. It doesn't make you cool. Like no, he- <laughs> he's, got his, he's got his Gucci loafers and yeah. socks on. Oh. So he knows he's all he's <laughs> a hot exec. I didn't know what fashion was until I had extremists injected into me. All he needed was a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and some proactive apparently. Yeah, right. Proactive haircut and just, you know, fix that scoliosis. <laughs> and I, I know. <laughs> So you knew that he was the bad guy from the start. They made a point to have this whole Stark and Potts like they weren't together. They were struggling. And they they created the PTSD angle. I didn't mind the, the panic PTSD attacks angle because it, it felt like there was. And this is something that I've had criticisms about the later movies, especially the early like phase three ones is there's very little consequence. So at least you see more of the emotional consequence of Avengers come into play. But again, as he wraps it up in this one, it feels like he wraps it up. And not that he completely gets over the PTSD, because I don't think anybody well, really no, ever does. No, but see, that's my problem, though. See, his panic, not to cut you off, but yeah. he has three panic attacks. And he says he has more. And then the kid's like, you're an engineer. Just create something. He's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Panic attacks <laughs> over. That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's not just, all it takes. Again, it's a it's a nineties movie. <laughs> I get you, it. You need that spunky kid <laughs> to make the hero be the hero. <laughs> and now that you tell me that Shane Black wrote Last Action Hero, this movie is Last Action Hero. <laughs> and I can't unsee it. <laughs> oh, that kid's annoying in Last I like Last Action Hero, but I watched it the other day and I was just really late. I was watching, I was like, oh, this kid's bothersome. Yeah. It's kids. Oh, it's kids but we got to get him to the movie. All right. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just love in the movie where I'm going to go back to last section. So I love in the movie yeah. with the bad guy shooting people. I'm shot. Somebody come, but somebody arrest me. Yeah. He's waiting for the cops. Like somebody would come. It's not right. that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- there was just stuff in the, in here that they kind of generated within the movie itself that mm-hmm. didn't really match with two, one and two. Yeah. And I know it's a follow up for Avengers, like you said. So maybe this is a better end of phase one or maybe this maybe I wouldn't say this movie. Technically, you have to say it's the beginning of phase two, but it's almost like it's phase one, phase two, right in the middle. Of yeah, it. It, it it feels like its own movie and it never comes back for another Iron Man. This is it. Right. You I, Was his contract up after this? I thought so. And then I think they pay him a boatload of money. We'll have to look it up for Age of Ultron, but I think they they paid him even more money than he got for the first Avengers to do Age of Ultron. That's the only time he comes back. That's the next time he comes back. That's the next Iron Man 3. time he comes back. I right? don't think he's in a tag in anything. I don't think. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it's Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron, then Civil War, and then the last two, Infinity War and Endgame. And then but Spider-Man. Mixed oh, it's in Spider- there. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Spider-Man. So, but I think they like they I think at this point they start paying him. He's outside the contract because I think he signed a three movie contract. 
So Aven- I'm sorry, Avengers, Iron Man one and Iron Man two. And then now I think they, they can they have to negotiate on each deal each. Okay. And then I think for maybe Avengers Endgame and infinity where they, it was a combined deal because they filmed it all at the same time. Right. 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 Essentially one story. You know, where a lot of the other actors had gotten locked up in like nine movie contracts. Chris Evans had a Chris Evans yeah. had gotten that. I think uh, Sebastian Stan had gotten that as well. Nick Fury, obviously, we had talked about. Well, they renegotiated that one. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. yeah. Which um, he does not make an appearance in this one. He doesn't. We'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, the only one that makes, and, and maybe this is a time for the tag, but the only one that makes an appearance is Bruce Banner. Yeah. Mm. And I, I hate this tag. I know you do. I absolutely <laughs> hate this tag. I, I was talking to my sister about this tag. And she's like, <laughs> w- w- did you want him to just do the voiceover into nothingness? I'm like, no, absolutely not. But it feels that like if you don't see the tag at the end of the movie and the way Disney Plus is set up. Yeah, it's hard, like, oh, yeah, I know it's hard yeah, to get exactly. to the credits now, which is absurd because this is what they've done. Well, I will appreciate this, that it's not a, a, a like Netflix and Prime. It's a race to get to, to the to, remote. To get to <laughs> <laughs> You're watching an episode and it's too late. You don't want to get to the next one. You're like, God damn it, where's the remote? <laughs> oh my God, it's at the bottom of the couch. We're going to get this. Oh, now it's this. starting and then I was going to screw up my whole, the whole algorithm. <laughs> um, but this one, <laughs> it does. Disney Plus just puts it down into a corner. Yeah. And you can't, like, and I want to just fast forward through the credits to get to the, the tag. And then you get to the tag on this and it's a continuation of the story. So it's like the voiceover, other, you know, he's talking to Bruce Banner the whole time. Mm hmm. Or Bruce is sleeping, whatever. You need that to finish the story. Otherwise, he's just talking into nowhere. It's just exposition. Right. Well, we'll get we'll, yeah. I'll, we'll get to that when the MCU stuff, because I got some thoughts yeah. there. Okay. But let me ask you this. If the first two Iron Man didn't come out, yep. and it was Avengers, and then it was this movie, like, does, does this movie stand alone for no. you? So it, it needs Avengers? Does it need the first two? I think it needs all, all three. three. Right. So this maybe, movie, uh, no, I think it needs Iron Man 1. I don't really think it needs Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. But it definitely needs Iron Man 1 and Avengers. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have Iron Man 2 because you see him continuing to, to tinker with new suits. Mm-hmm. Do we really believe that it was six months from Avengers, right? I believe so, yeah. Do we really believe that he created 40 suits six months? Well, I mean, you see it in <laughs> where um, I think it's in the first one where he's tinkering where Jarvis and, and a lot of the like the robots do a lot of the they're work. So he's designing, he's designing them. designing them and they're building them. And they're building right. them. Okay. So I don't right. like, I mean, okay. it, I guess. But he has to design that. He has to design that. But Those, if you look yeah. at them, it's, you know, the Igor, like basically each suit has w- one function. Mm-hmm. And so there's like the midnight suit and the Igor suit and the, you know, the heavy duty suit and the underwater suit. So, the, you know, he's building action what figures. If I, I got you. Yeah. What if I need this? What yeah. if I need that? Oh, you know what? Let me yeah, try to He's trying this. to yeah. over anticipate missions and and problems which is nice follow-up in age of ultron Mm -hmm. because that's what he that's what drives a lot of the conflict in that one so you know yeah he's just trying to over anticipate you know the next crisis Mm -hmm. but yeah i I don't have a problem with him building you know 40 odd suits okay yeah do you have a problem with all of a sudden pepper potts knows how to fight when she gets injected with extremists at the end yeah that was stupid (laughs) knows how to use the suit when she gets injected with extremists. Extremists seems to do a lot of stuff that uh, that they're not telling you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's literal plot armor. Uh, yeah. For Pepper. Can execute a pinperfect kick of a missile and then shoot it without any training. What, don't you know that every Stark CEO <laughs> must take kickboxing training? <laughs> um, 
it's a Marvel movie, so the third act fails. Ah, uh, is that a, is that a theme here? I it think it is. At that point, they've got your money. They so got your money, matter, yeah. but the first two acts were good, mm-hmm. and I, I I like the stuff with Harley the kid. I like you know Tony's journey. I you know enjoy. They, although they do sideline happy very quickly. Yeah. And, they, I, I, and I don't I, know, like maybe that was something with John Favreau or they just wanted this to be Tony's story. I, yeah. Maybe they just didn't have anything for yeah. happy to do, or yeah. maybe he had, he was shooting a movie or something yeah. like that. That's fine. Whatever. I, I, we don't need, I don't need to see happy. It's no, fine. I, and I, you know, I, like I said, I, I like the, the first couple acts. Tony's story is good. I enjoy roadies piece in this. Yeah. You know, I, I like the iron Patriot piece. I like, you know, the, like I said, it feels like a nineties movie, which I, I enjoy and was refreshing. So you got the evil vice president and like all this stuff mm-hmm. going on. Air force one was interesting. So I don't know the, the whole rescue. The rescue was, was fun. Good. Yeah. It was a good scene. Yeah. So really I, good like, scene. on a, on a scale, I, I lean this more towards one. I enjoy. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely better than two. Uh, you oh, know yeah. my thoughts on two. I'm yeah. not a, I'm not a huge fan of two and, and whatever. That's just what it is. Yeah. I enjoy guy Pierce. Yeah. I like, I always like him. He's always good. I've liked him obviously since memento, but he, I, he's in a movie. Is it lockdown? Lockout. Lockout when it's like Die Hard in Space. His character's awesome. Yeah. And that, that was movie's not movie. great. It's, it was a it's fun good. Movie. Yeah. It's a it's a fun movie. It's a movie that like I wanted to take his character and I wanted him in another movie. Like that's how yes. lo- that's how yeah. much I liked his character. And like, you know, you never did. But anyways, that's that's my guy Pierce moment. All right. Yeah. So why don't we get into some differences? Because well, I got some. Qu- oh, before whoa. we get into difference, I wanted Excuse to me? highlight one thing for, Go for you it. and for our listeners. Ooh. Do you know what other movie came out this summer? What this summer of this year? Of twenty thirteen. Hang on. I'm going to say I, I didn't have that note. So go ahead. What is it? Man of Steel. Ooh. So the distinguished competitors were kicking off their own extended universe. Are they really competitors? No, they're not. And it was it was a bus right out of the gate. And, you know, but the two, they, they took two different angles here. So I don't enjoy Zack Snyder's work at all. <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, well, you don't like Sucker Punch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so many issues. <laughs> But the two things that they do, you know, they, they hit on it's, it's basically what these characters would be like in a real world. Mm-hmm. So man of steel, he's feared. Yes. He's the weapon. He, everybody's, which I don't, I, I, okay I don't with. dislike that. Yeah. I just, you know, dislike the execution in this one. Tony's a celebrity. So you have the two sides, mm-hmm. you know, of a coin here. He's signing autographs. Everybody knows who is his Iron Man suits parked out of the biker bar. Yeah. Yeah, like, but yeah. it's you know this is the world that they've already built and established. Which yeah, yeah, exactly. And so DC's going the other way, where like the superheroes are feared and and a little you know yeah confusing. DC's all messed up. Yeah, they, it's. I mean, I know they're not gonna. I'm sure they will reboot everything. I don't understand why we need another Batman, but they're all they're all messed up. Yeah, they they, so. they, they don't. I mean, I like Henry Cavill. I, I don't. I think he's a good actor. Who's great in the Mission Impossible? <laughs> yeah, he's well. I just did. Actually, it should be out by now. We did the episode for Man from Uncle for oh, nice. a, yeah for season five, and and I like that movie, which yeah. I totally forgot. Guy Ritchie directed that. Oh right, yeah, but I like that movie a lot, and he's great in that movie. Yes, he he's a good actor. He's just uh, you know I, you're not going to say no to Superman. You're going to no. say yes. So. But it, if it helped him get The Witcher, which is like fun, dude. I watched the first episode of that, and my wife and I we don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what's going on, but the the fight scene was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, what when he stabs like I've seen that before. <laughs> he's not cutting people. Do you ever see Rob Roy? No. So at the end of Rob Roy, there's a fight scene between Tim Roth and Liam Neeson. And basically it ends with t- uh, Liam Neeson bringing his broadsword down on the shoulder of Roth and cutting Ooh. it right. And he's just sitting there. He's like, ah! Ah! and it's like, he just look and uh. his shoulders coming apart. I'm like, yeah, in that movie, he, uh, Tim Roth rapes his wife. So when he does that to him, you're like, yeah, <laughs> you deserve that. 
But uh, anyways, that's my Rob so, Roy take. And that was just <laughs> come back for the many tangents. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just to set the table of what year we are and the context of the two different competing movies of the summer. You should watch Rob Boy. It's really good. But anyways, I, yeah, I think I will. That's a good take. I, I, I enjoy that. Thank yeah. you. But let's get into some of the differences between okay. the comics and the movie. And um, let's see. Where can I start? Where can I start here? I sent you some stuff. You did send me some stuff. Oh, but I just, I'll just go in order. I okay. Guess. So talk to me about... Because they made a whole... They did it a couple times in the movie. They kept referencing the fact that they have changed the name of War Machine to Iron Patriot. Iron Patriot. And they kept saying it. Yeah. And then I found out that the Iron Patriot alias is was actually used by Green Goblin in the Spider-Man comics. Yes. So please, yes. tell me how this transferred to this. So, uh, full disclosure, though, in the comics, Rhodey does operate an Iron Patriot suit at one point, but it was post-Iron Man 3, so I try okay. to keep that out. So... <laughs> You know, it just it market tests better than War Machine. <laughs> I get that. I don't mind the name. I don't. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. I understand you paint it with the stars and stripes, and that's you know you have your own quote unquote yep. Iron Man. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So following the comic storyline, Secret Invasion, in which the scrolls, which we meet in Captain Marvel, they use their shape changing powers to hide as members of superheroes and other members of of the Marvel community to really take over the Earth. So the superheroes save the day. Blah blah blah. Norman Osborn. Spider-Man villain, Green Goblin. We know him, you know, played by the great Willem Dafoe. Awesome. 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 Awesome performance. He became the head of Hammer, a organization similar to S.H.I.E.L.D., um, but a little bit more offensively focused, as you can tell by the name. (laughs) Um, No relation to Justin Hammer, but it replaced... Another shout out to another guy we like, Sam Rockwell. Which we're going to get more on him later. (laughs) Um, So it replaced S.H.I.E.L.D. He formed the new Dark Avengers, in which villains basically cosplayed as your favorite heroes. So Bullseye was Hawkeye, Venom was Spider-Man... Wolverine has a son named Draken, and he was Wolverine. Oh, um, man. We're not going to get into yeah, it. Whoa, what? <laughs> and, of course, Norman Osborn, head of this whole thing, decides, I'm going to be Iron Patriot. So, oh. you know, it, it is a take on this government owning the suit, operating the Iron Man suit. Same color scheme, very similar look, uh, just adapted for the screen. You know, eventually the superheroes beat him and everything. But it was, uh-huh. you know, it was made to make a alternate evil, but still corporate Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, you know, I like that they included it. You said the same thing. It it tests better. I think Rhodey had a good storyline in this. That's fine. Um, yeah. But it, I I like I like the suit too. All right. But he's not the only one that wears a suit in this movie. You want me to go to that? Well, let's go to that because I'm so my notes are right there. Pepper Potts puts on the suit at the end and whatever. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess she was what was her character's name? Rescue. Rescue. In the Invincible Iron Man comic for yeah. like it says like for three years here. Yeah. So, so she, what's that? What's up with that? <laughs> what up with that? Uh, so she wears a suit too. She, we actually see the suit in Endgame where she pops in at the end. Oh, it's the, she's in the gold one, right? Or like is bluish. It is it I think bluish? It's blue. I have no remember. Yeah. I'm, I don't mind. I think in, in the comics it was a little bit more red. Okay. But it, you know, it's, they're just trying to do their thing here. Um, but she dons a rescue suit. And instead of being a primarily offensive weapon like War Machine, Iron Patriot, or Iron Man, it's got mostly like EMS type services. <laughs> Here I am. I've got some bandages for you. <laughs> so it's a first responder suit. Uh, that's, I mean, that's it. So it, not only is she a CEO of Stark Industries, she's now an EMT. Is she, is she, did she take the courses? I think she took the courses. I think she's CPR certified. <laughs> that's it. That, that's rescue. That's it. Do, yeah. Does her hands have 
like she can clear, she can, she can. Oh, pump, I don't know about pump. that. I That'd should, be awesome. I should look that up. Her, she I didn't can, even think to ask that. That'd be great if like the hand has like the pumping action where it comes out so that it does the chest compressions. You just have to just sits there and it does it all the matter. Oh, yeah. And then she has the, well, the other hand will breathe oxygen into the person's mouth as like that. You should write comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, from these notes, clearly I could. Um, I'm, I'm just right. kidding. Uh, so Killian, you find out, is part of AIM yes. in this movie. And they're just kind of this organization, this bad organization you end up finding out that at the end. But now AIM is supposed to be an offshoot of Hydra in the comics. So yay, uh, AIM. AIM. <laughs> Uh, we yet have, another, it's been a while since we've been doing this. <laughs> it really has. Yet another idea mechanics. No, uh, AIM is advanced idea mechanics. Uh, they're the yellow jumpsuit guys. Where Hydra's the green jumpsuit guys. These are the yellow jumpsuit guys. Oh, okay. That's how you know the difference. Okay. Yeah, that's what their grunts wear. So uh, they are a subsidiary of them. T-H-E-M. Okay. Which in and of itself was formed from the remains of Hydra. So yes, they're an offshoot okay. of Hydra. So after Hydra was broken up. Yeah. That them, them was, came in. And then AIM Which feels like a very James Bond because yeah. it was the 60s. It, like it feels like a James Bond gotcha. and Inspector Gadget thing. So, <laughs> so AIM becomes an offshoot. And what they are is more like the international arms, weapons, development, R&D, okay. like developers and the stuff. Anti-Tony Starks kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Now, did... So, Hammer Industries have anything to do with them as well, or like not that comics? I can find. Okay, they're more you know Avengers villains. I know Hawkeye has faced off with them a couple times. The Secret Avengers in recent years have, mm-hmm. have fought them, but yeah, I mean they're, they're similar. They're just another you know grunt like Hydra. So Hydra was an offshoot of the Nazis. Yes. Does that carry through that that Nazi Not really. mentality? So they kind of get away from that. They kind of get away from it. Okay. It's, right. I mean, there's still that like you got the grunts that come right. in. You, you you have the higher up ones but it's not the same like devout you bite off one head two more kind of jump in mm-hmm. type of thing it's really a organization uh this is what the wikipedia page says because I, I thought it was a good <laughs> description and how they adapted it which okay. is aim is an organization of brilliant scientists and their hirelings dedicated to the acquisition of power and the overthrow of all world governments by technological means so i think they did a good job of adapting the mandarin's speeches or um and then you know the extremist piece of it we'll talk about the mandarin a little bit from the comic because i don't have that note here but yeah i but that seemed like an illogical choice for us to go the way they use him here and the way he's using the comic whether you agree with that whether that was hurtful or did you care or whatever so i know we touched on the mandarin a little bit i think in the first iron man you know we're talking about the ten rings but uh, you know, so his comic origins date back to the beginning, uh, the very you know beginning of Iron Man's, and he was it was very stereotypical, um, you know, East Asian uh, mystic art stuff like that. So I don't need to dive too deep into that. But the big difference between him and, and Iron Man was they were a foil of one another. Mm-hmm. So Mandarin was using these mystic arts, where Tony was a man of technology. You so know, he's more magical in the in more the magical, yeah, more more magical. He's not a terrorist or like I'm, I mean, he's a terrorist, but, but like he's not like how they portrayed him in the movie, right. where yeah. he's like firing guns. And, yeah, yeah, okay. All yeah, right. he's a little bit more. I mean, they they adapted him to be the Mandarin of a war in Afghanistan mm-hmm. versus when they created the character it was back. You know, communism was running rampant. At one point, he takes over like a third of China. Okay. Uh, through and I'll get to it in a second, but yeah, it's it's a better foil than I think what we have here, which is you know it was it was communist mystic art guy versus capitalist 
techno guy. Mm -hmm. And here it's just two capitalist techno guys, you know, fight with, you know, with a real Mandarin in this one with with Aldrich and Tony fighting each other. So you lose a little bit of that foil. Mm -hmm. That being said, (laughs) Aldrich still tries to play up to his Mandarin esque roots with the Fin Fang Foom back tattoo. Yeah. So what's to explain? Because the note I have is that it's not his tattoo. It's it's for someone else. Well, it's ahead. for something else. Yeah. But I think we need a, I think we need a, a face off between the Fin Fang Foom tattoo. Okay. And Ben Affleck's Phoenix tattoo. <laughs> 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 Who wore it best? <laughs> um, so Finn is a, uh, it's a dragon like creature mm-hmm. that gets awakened by the Mandarin. Uh, so that's when he uses, he uses the dragon to take over about a third of China. Okay. And, and through the, the, the storyline, Mandarin is actually tricked into awakening this dragon. So he teams up with Iron Man war machine to beat that dragon. And, okay. and, and they do. And, and Fin Fang Foom has appeared in a number of comics since, uh, most recently, I believe having in, in a satirical series, squirrel girl. Okay. Where the titular hero who can talk to squirrels. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Really? No. Uh, all right. Beats Fin Fang Foom. So, but Fin Fang Foom is a dragon? It's a dragon. Like a straight up big ass dragon, like from uh, Game of Thrones style? That uh, big? Yeah, that big. It's a drawn a little bit differently. It's a little bit like. And it talks? Yes. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> Where have we gone? Uh, now you're losing me. This We're- is why I couldn't get into comics because <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I, yeah. If you love comics, that is awesome. Good for you. I just, I don't know if I could get into that. Some of it's just absurd. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I'm not, not hating. Yeah. You do you guys. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about extremists. Yeah. Because we've made fun of it about, you know, 20 times right now. So extremists is from an Iron Man story arc. It is from an Iron Man story arc. Uh, and, but it was, well, the note I have here, they were just kind of henchmen. They were minor villains. Yes. Okay. So what exactly, yeah. it, what did... In the comics, what are they exactly? So in the comics, extremists, the storyline extremists features the, the drug extremists. But the storyline was was re they brought in Marvel and brought in a writer, Warren Ellis, which, you know, you brought up that there's an Easter egg in here that the president is named President Ellis. So they name it after Warren, uh, you know, prolific comic book writer, author. What they wanted to do was bring somebody in to rejuvenate the Iron Man character, make him cool for and I quote the 21st century. Well, this is because this is back in 2005. Yes. This is before the movie came out. A lot of what the designs in this are used in the designs for the original Iron Man. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of this storyline. In the movie? In the, in the comic. In the comic. In okay. the comic. And we can get to that in a second. But yeah, that's fine. So what it does is it, it introduces Maya Henson, a former flame of Tony. So they keep that going. And her boss, Aldrich Killian, who... In the first couple panels, he kills himself okay. because it's learned that his extremist formula has has gotten loose. So are they building this like formula that's injected? It makes the user super strong. They can breathe fire. They can. <laughs> he looked like Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yes, when he when he takes the truck and he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great movie, FYI. But he awesome looked good. like him when he breathed. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so there's only really one like guy who had gotten the extremists into him, and he's on a he he's running to trying to get to DC to cause havoc. So it's as little, as, as bad guys like <laughs> as bad guys do. <laughs> so Iron Man joins the fight. Obviously, you know he's he's helping Maya. You know, figure out what's going on. There's there's a whole like almost issue where Tony and Maya are meeting 
their former advisor. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're talking a lot of a, it's, it's a lot of talking, a lot of dialogue. And, and I'm not against that in comics, but it's it's really a more philosophical like debate of, of technology and who's doing what. And it's fine. It works, I guess, because this is the first time I had revisited it since um, mid 2000s. Um, so it, it's fine. Uh, but so Tony joins the fight. At first, the uh, the gentleman with gentleman, the, <laughs> the individual <laughs> with extremists beats Tony. And Tony's issue is that he's his because, you know, we're still dealing with clunkier armor. He's getting it out of like big giant suitcases and still doing that. OK, still doing that. So he has to like put a undersuit on and then the armor comes on afterwards. Because in this movie, they've introduced where he has now injected himself with this. Yes. Sensors all across his that body. Can call to it, which they don't really we'll get you know we'll get yeah. to that with the mcu stuff but yes go yeah. ahead so tony is slower it's hard to the reaction time isn't there so he decides to inject himself with an upgraded version of the extremists and what tony does tony does okay and the way that the extremist works in this one it, it almost puts you into a cocoon mm-hmm. for a period of time and then you come out and you're, you're better okay so it's dangerous it's um but you don't have the powers it just heals you Yes. Okay. Yeah. So his his version, he didn't get the super strength. He didn't get the the fire breath. It healed him. Plus, it, the the nanites of the suits were, were almost embedded into him. So the undersuit comes on him, mm-hmm. and it forms all over him. And okay. Then he can call the armor from the suit to him. Mm-hmm. I tell you right now, I don't. I wouldn't mind being injected with some nanobites. I, I kind of want to get in on that. Yeah. Fix me up. I get Let's cut. Do it. Like, Let's do it. I'm I'm in. I'm in. We're we're willing participants right here. <laughs> We're going to become villains. Yeah, that's fine. Speaking of villains, there are people in this story that reference some, you know, villains in the comic. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go through them a little bit and you tell me, I guess, I don't know. Give me some background. So the guy that you first meet that causes the man theater explosion is his last name is Taggart. Yes. And I have here that his name was Firepower in in, in the comic or something like that. What is that? It's a lot of times at, the, at at this point in the MCU, they get to the point where they could throw in Easter eggs and yeah. they're just like pulling from names in the comics. So it's, it was this idea with, you know, with him that they could, you know, they, they pull in the name, uh, very, you know, firepower blows up, does this thing. They just, they throw some names on. There's a whole cottage industry of mm-hmm. YouTube videos diving in the Easter eggs. And this is one of those ones just to get people jazzed up. So, but he has the firepower guy has nothing to do with extremists. It's just a different guy. I don't believe so. Okay. I have to now, double check, but I don't believe so. Though the, the James Badgerdale plays Savin. He's Sl- like Slavin. Slavin. Is it yeah. Slavin? I thought so. Ah, whatever. Yeah. So he's Killian's right hand guy. Yep. But he is known as Cold Blood. Yeah. So he's a mercenary cyborg. <laughs> All right. You say that with just great, <laughs> such great ease. I know. <laughs> I don't think he works for uh, Killian. Uh, especially because Killian shoots himself in the beginning of 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 the comics, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's you know he's a former army lieutenant, so it's similar to his his role in this one, where he's recruiting you know soldiers to be part of this extremist thing, which apparently they have a lot. They do. Like at the end, they're just all over the place. Mm-hmm. All right. My last one is Brant. Yeah. So Ellen Brant, she is the wife of Man Thing. Yes. Please explain this. What is Man Thing? Nope. Not explaining that. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> is that it really bad? It, is I, it inappropriate? <laughs> I mean, he's the <laughs> the star of giant size man thing. Uh, 
right. I'm going to just leave it there. Let that one sink into everybody. But she was married to man thing. She was married to man thing. And I guess they left the fact that she has a scarred face in this, in the movie, which as I read was kind of a reference to. Yes. So I don't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, all I'm thinking is if she has extremists, how come she still has the scar? I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. So you put know. it in the reference. I get it. Oh, it's a cool but it thing. Fixed it's her hand, right? Like a fixed her it arm. It fixed everything. It should fi- it make, for the, it, the it made Killian cool. It can't make this car go away. Yes, her husband is Man Thing. Okay, uh, he was a scientist that got that was working for Shield. Okay, uh, as he got lost in the work, she does as every of course. doting housewife does and decides to join AIM <laughs> to plot against him. <laughs> that is the <laughs> worst name, though. Why would you call yourself Man Thing? I. Because he was a thing, but he was a man. Like Man Bat was already taken. DC had capitalized that. What do you want him to do? Swamp Thing was taken. Oh my lord! Um, so you know she confronts her husband, and it's at that moment he turns into Man Thing, and she suffers severe burns across her face. So she has the burns. Excellent. Oh, and then you had another one for me, which is who is Bambi Arbogast? Yeah, uh, in the Happy says references someone named Bambi, and yeah. it's supposed to be Mrs. Arbogast, and that was who? Yeah. This is another like straight Easter egg where she was the secretary to the CEO of Stark Industries for years in the comics. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's, you know. Do you I, think that Black is putting this in there? That Shane Black is putting this no, in there? No, I think, I, I think um, Kevin Feige and a team of like production assistants just scour stuff. And it's like, hey, we have this random character. What should we name him? And instead of just like coming up with some like generic name. They say, oh, let's, you know, let's pull from the long box and, and figure out who okay. we can. Now, do you think this is because it's a wrap up movie? Like this is the third and last, the final. I Iron think they've Man? gotten, I think they started to, you know, see the fan reaction mm-hmm. where there'd be like articles written immediately afterwards. And it helps just promote the film. It's like, hey, did you catch this little Easter egg? So it helps promote the film. And, and you know, maybe you go read the article. I gotcha. You see, you go read the article. Maybe you go see it again just so you could catch things. I think Shane's black is there to tell an interesting story. Maybe he is a comic fan. I don't know. But I think, you know, a lot of it's Kevin Feige, the team from Marvel saying, hey, let's get a little bit more comic book names. Like Rocks on Oil. and R- Sil- Rocks on Oil. Yep, the Silver and Centurion. They were, um, those were part of the, uh, I believe the Armor Wars series which we kind of touched on yeah we did I, I didn't want to yeah. i just wrote that down there and i'm thinking to myself we don't need to go through armor yeah. wars because we already did that Wait, so which episode we do that on i think that was iron man 2 so hey, check out iron man 2 because we, we uh, go on back and we talk about armor wars a little bit all right so you brought up feige unless you have anything yeah. else no let's let's jump into some of the mcu stuff because yep. there's a couple things i forgot to mention when we we're talking about the movie this is still under the paramount logo this was part of the Disney deal. Okay. So now we are getting, I love how we do this. Every episode, every <laughs> last three episodes, we're like, so this is it. And then I restart reading this. I go, this wasn't it. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen next with Thor. But as far as I know, like this is still under the Paramount logo. It's part of the Disney deal. It was part of all that stuff when they took it over. The original cut of this movie was 195 minutes. Can you? Yeah. 195 yeah. minutes. That's, that's now with, if you put the 20 minutes of trailers on there, you're looking at 215 minutes, obviously that is three hours and 35 minutes of 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 movie. I want to know what 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 what, what, they, out? what did they cut out? What did they put Maybe in? Maybe there was yeah. a 60 million that they added in the budget. 195 minutes is what I got here. How do you get another I have no idea. What was it? I know you said the runtime earlier. What was the runtime? Uh 130 minutes. So they cut 65 minutes out of this movie. They well, cut a TV cut movie out of this. Yeah. Thing. Well, technically the designation for a feature now has to be it used to be 80, then it went to 70, now it's at 60. So this technically they cut out another feature. Wow. Is that because they've gone to Features of going streaming, uh, it might be, yeah, okay. maybe. So I, that I don't like know why, Netflix but, movies can qualify and stuff like that. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how how long ago that happened, but okay. So 
Uh, where do you want to start with? Because uh, there's really not a lot of stuff in here. There's not a lot. I mean, we have the same, we talked about it, the same cast. Uh, Rhodey doesn't make an appearance until the end of Ultron. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the beginning of Ultron. He's in the party and then he makes an appearance later on. Yeah. Um, it, he's back at, as War Machine. So that's cool. Uh, I don't think Pepper makes an appearance again until Spider-Man movie. Uh, maybe. Yeah, she's not in any of the Avengers. She's not in Ultron. I don't believe she's in Civil War. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she makes an appearance until Spider-Man. When at the you know when they get at the engaged. very end. Yeah. Yes. Again, this is another movie where they reference the big guy with the hammer. Uh, when Kellyanne talks about everything's changed since the big yeah. guy with the hammer fell from the earth, it's like in the MCU movies, it's becoming like a watershed moment. Yeah, the Battle of New York. Not not just oh. no, when Thor appears. Oh, right. Okay. I, uh, that's what I was saying yeah. because it doesn't, they never reference the incident as they call it. Yes. That's part of it, but they always go back to when Thor first arrived. Mm-hmm. And now like that was when everything changed, when they realized there was extraterrestrial life yeah. out there. What a way to what a way to make first contact is just a dude in a hammer with a cape. <laughs> Who just wants more coffee. It's not like it was a Star Trek first contract when Vulcans came down. It was really nice. Everyone was like all happy. No, we got we got point break with a hammer. <laughs> um so the other one that we get in this is Bruce Banner. You, the tag. Which the tag. The tag feels tacked on. Literally this, tacked this on. This movie feels like they had they they're doing an Iron Man three and they really didn't know what the next Avengers movie was going to be about. They didn't know what the bad guy yep. was about because they didn't know who's coming up next. Because the bad guy in Ultron is basically Stark's design. Yep. And you would think that you would have already taught you would have that somewhere in Iron Man three if yeah. you knew that. So you don't. Right. And that's why it feels like it's it's an end to phase one. Right. More than it is a beginning to phase two. Like a bridge. Yeah. Almost. But but again, you have nothing to bridge to the next movies. And right. granted, the next movie is Thor Dark World, right? Nobody wants to bridge to that. Well, that's the thing. How are you going to bridge a movie that's set in on Earth yeah. to a movie that's basically set in Asgard? True. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I understand yeah. there's no way to do that. And they didn't. I don't think they knew what was coming up in Winter Soldier either just yet. So they were I think they were so far out removed from that one. Mm-hmm. That they were because this comes out a year after Avengers. Mm-hmm. This isn't when they they have the upfronts kind of not, not the upfronts, but when they have the timeline. They don't do this here. I don't think so. I don't think they start doing that till after Phase Two, and then I think at that point you get well, the you're idea doing that like this, this is, is what's happening. Yeah. yeah, where Kevin Feige stands on the stage and it's mm-hmm. like we're we're doing four movies a year for the next fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So we get Bruce Banner in here. So this is He's not even in here. It doesn't even No, count. no, no, but I need you to promise me you're okay. going to you have to be good about your response here because we could lose like 40% of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, following Avengers, there was a meme that was released, okay. #sciencebros, and it was Tony and Bruce doing science stuff together. So after which, they drove off. Oh, uh, and then the when end. they were working in the lab together, but right, yeah, after right, they drove right. off. The meme compasses everything from just the platonic friendship of of two geeks doing science stuff together to um, slash fiction, okay. which is, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, okay. So the meme was big. It was a lot of jokes for, for the year in between Avengers and then Iron Man 2. And then this one comes out. Okay. And this gave credence to the meme. Okay. Because it was added on because Shane Black went to uh, Mark Ruffalo later on and said, hey, you know, you want to be part of this. So what it really did was. You know, just increase the spread of it. You go on Tumblr, you go on Twitter. It's all over the place. And, mm-hmm. you know, and with this one came more. There's Stucky, which is Steve and Bucky. Okay. There's the Mustache Bros, as far as I could find, which is Tony and Doctor Strange. Okay. And then there's Iron Dad, in which Tony. Okay. Sometimes Doctor Strange. 
acts as a dad to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Harley? Harley. And now later Morgan. So they just come up with this like fan fiction of, you know. They don't get erotic, do they? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. You want me, oh, my you, God. I'm sorry. You want me to lose 40% of the audience that's into that? <laughs> Listen, man. It's any audience. Listen, we can get. I've seen the Harry Potter erotica nonsense. It's, it's like that. Oh, okay, it's so like what, what's what, what? How am I losing the audience? What's my what's the question? Well, I was just no, that was it. I just am wanted I to tell that? you about it because <laughs> I, I thought we had to cover this because this mainly because this ending really gave credit to the meme. But the okay, I mean that's yeah. fine. You're but referencing it, your fandom, you're, yeah, you're referencing yeah, the fandom, which is, is something they're doing. It still here. doesn't make any. But let's in, in terms of the movie, it doesn't make any. It sense. Doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. But that's the problem. Now you're referencing the fandom to do sure. something that doesn't make sense. I think if I was sitting through a movie and I was watching the credits and I'm waiting for the tag and that's the tag, I'm like, mm, what? Yeah. Come on. That's like the birds of prey tag where she's just like laughing or something. Yeah, I think yeah. She's, yeah, she like, said, oh, I know a secret. Yeah. Like, okay. No. What is it? You're not going to have a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk yeah. about the MCU a little bit. Here. Yep. Uh, this is after Avengers. After Avengers. Iron Man's attacked. Yep. He's presumed dead. There's no Avenger to help him. At no, no one. And Thor's I, off planet. We th- get that. Okay. Uh, Captain America is doing what? I don't know. Okay, I, that was the same thought I had the whole time. Is like where Black Widow's doing what? Both working for Shield. What's like Shield an, doing? An international terrorist shows up on everybody's radar. Yeah. There's an explosion in downtown LA, and Shield doesn't have it on their radar. Yeah, I get it. We're being nitpicky, mm-hmm. but if you're going to create a giant universe that everyone lives together and everyone knows everyone's business. These are valid questions. And I know there's 1.2 billion reasons for this movie. You don't need to reference it. I get that. If you want me to believe in the world, you're going to have to do a little bit. You're going to have to throw me something. Even yeah. if even even if it's not in the movie and you do a short or you do like a, a, a graphic novel in between to kind of discuss what's happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I so, wonder if they did. They may have done that. Okay, and they that, started to do and that. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. If you're going to use other mediums to explain that stuff. That's great because you're increasing uh, brand awareness and synergy and all that good stuff. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with that. I know you're fine. But I want that because you can't. This is a byproduct of creating a giant cinematic universe. You have to explain some things away. Your thoughts. (laughs) Well, let me. How do you feel when they do try to explain it away with just quick brush off? So we see in Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Where, you know, Peter Parker, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Not anymore. Not anymore. Says to Nick Fury. Says, you know, what about Thor? Yeah. Oh, he's off world. What about Captain Marvel? Don't speak her name. It's like, well, because that that just gave you like that. At least they address it. That addresses it, but it brushes it off. I understand that, but they're but they're not they're not ignoring it. I I might not like it because now you you, we can delve into the fact that you find in Captain Marvel you find out what happened to his eye and he's you know what I mean. There's other stuff we've talked about, and I get that. at least they're referencing it. Okay. At least it's being brought up because it's like, if you don't even bring it up, like if, if that scene takes place and he's telling the Spider-Man need you and he's just like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Then people are going to instantly go like, Oh, what about all these other people mm-hmm. that can help out? That's true. Yeah. No, I yeah. get it, but they don't even. Yeah. It, I want to know where, cause Captain America and Black Widow are working for shield. No, yeah, they're around shield stuff. They're mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. like an international terror shows up on the radar. Mm-hmm. And Shield has nothing to do with it. Threatening the sovereignty of America and Captain America is not going to be like, uh, I want to help out. Let me help Tony he, out. He didn't vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that's not my president. I'm not going to. Yeah, no. that's not, that's no. not my, hashtag I'm not my president. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be terrible if Captain America was like that. Yeah. 
So yes, I agree with you. I mm-hmm. wish we had more of the Avengers or at least some sort of, you know, write off of, of where they were. The other thing I had, which kind of references the MCU, but also references this movie, because really there's really not a lot. No. So is the removal of the shrapnel from his chest. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the plot line of this movie that says he needs to have this done. Nope. And we were all under the impression that it could not be done. Yep. And now all of a sudden it is being done with a reformatted extremist because you okay. see that. Is that heal. why? Yeah. So you okay. see him heal. So he cures pepper. Right. And then he reconfigures the formula. So that's where they're pulling a little bit from the source material. Okay. And you see that with the, um, I think it's Alan Brandt where she regrows her arm. Yes. Well, a bunch of people regrow stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like you, you know, you know that the extremists can heal. Yes. And that I guess is the main purpose of it. So Tony reconfigures it. So he's made, they're removing the shrapnel. And as they do that, the cavity is healing itself. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I am fine with that. But why, why are we doing that? And Just this because is where another, it feels like an end yes. to it because, okay. you know, you think, okay, the, the piece of his, his chest piece is out. He's saying, I am Iron Man. Yes. He knows who he is. Mm-hmm but he doesn't have to be anymore. Right. And like he blew up all the suits. Mm-hmm. He's, he's moving on. Like he's literally packing, you know, he's just taking the robot arm with him and leaving. Yeah. With the, yeah, they keep referencing you know, it. Like I'm supposed to fall in love with the yeah. inanimate object. But, so Pepper's in charge of Stark Industries. Happy's happy. Yep. <laughs> um, they're moving to New York. They're moving to New York. So like it feels, and you know, that feels like the last bit of wrap up needed yeah. for Iron Man 1. Yep. Where, you know, Tony's, his physical and his mental scars are healed. I mean, we could argue about the fact that he just needed a pep talk from a 12 year old Mm -hmm. to heal PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and if that's the case, you know, just, you know, yeah. Why do we have psychologists? You're you're an engineer. Thanks, kid. So, solved. I feel like like he would do, like he tells the kid when he's talking about hey what which happens dad's leave don't be a pussy about it like I feel like that would be his PSA for people you got a pin attack don't be a pussy about it build something all right I'm Tony Stark I'm out beep <laughs> the more you know <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah I just I don't know it, it just that's why it feels like a wrap up because yeah. we're getting rid of the thing that has defined him mm-hmm. since Iron Man one which I find interesting is then again we have a second storyline for him that plays out through the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, he's learned his lesson, but he We're doesn't, to, exactly, he doesn't learn his lesson exactly because he's the cause of an Ultron. Yep. And then, then you have the whole stuff with civil war, infinity yeah. war and Endgame, where he is at odds with other Marvel characters, other yep. people. And, and to he's the point at where, odds with what happened in the, the character development over these yeah. first four movies. And then he has, he has another shift of character development where he's with pepper. They have a child. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to lose a child. And then he's going to sacrifice himself. It, it's, it's, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's I'm, something to watch when we get to yeah. Age of Ultron. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're not going to ever go back to, we're not going to ever reference Iron Man now until we get to Ultron. Right. And I haven't seen Ultron in a while, but it'd be interesting to note, I, to note the differences in his character in that story compared <laughs> to like where we have left him off here. Yes. Because now we're supposed to fill in the blanks now for the, for all those. For the next, I don't know, however, year, I don't even know how, six months or something. I don't even something. know when Ultron takes place in terms of when Iron Man 3 ends. We'll have to. We'll have to figure that. Yeah, out. we'll have to figure that out. Because yeah, I don't even know if Thor's at the same time when it's supposed to. You know what I mean? We'll have to look it up because there is an official timeline that's been released. Okay, well, we so should, we'll, we should get, we'll that. get to that yeah. with into Thor and then because Captain Winter Soldier is taking place at a similar time. Yeah, we really should plan ahead on these. 
<laughs> All right. So do you have anything else to add? I do have one more. Go for and it. And that's, um, you know, it's back to the Marvel one shots that okay. we've talked about in the past. I really got to get into. I got to watch. You can't those. find them anywhere. They're Damn really it. difficult. You they're not even f- on Disney Plus. No, they're on the DVDs. So you have to go back to the DVDs. They're not on YouTube. They're not on YouTube. Somebody didn't it, upload them illegally. No, I think they get taken down because I've tried to find them for these, okay. you know, for recording. So this one is called, this is probably the most famous one. It's called All Hail the King. It's written by Drew Pierce. Okay. I think actually uh, he may have directed it too. Not positive. Uh, so it follows once Trevor gets arrested. Okay. He goes to Seagate Prison, which is a Easter egg name from the comics. Sam Rockwell makes a brief cameo. Ah, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, as Justin Hammer. So he's been in prison for a little bit. Is he dancing? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but we learned that he shot it in like two hours because um, oh, nice. Drew Pierce wanted a minute. And so there was a scheduling conflict and he's like, you know, if we could just get it done in this small window. So they did. So he's, I think they reduced his role a little bit, but we learned that Trevor's portrayal of the Mandarin has angered the 10 rings organization Ooh. who we saw in yes. Iron Man one and will likely see again in the upcoming Shang Chi movie. Oh, okay. Cause it's Shang Chi so the, and the 10 right. rings or something. So yeah, that I wonder if they're going to re upload this to Disney plus or something in preparation for that. They really re-re- should. They should put the one shots up there for a playlist. We should look that up. Maybe they will. Yeah. They should, because I, I'll, I'll watch yeah. them. Yeah. And they're good. You know, this is the one that the other ones are, there's like, they don't really do much. They're just little fun stuff. And I think they right. had a small budget that they tried to do multiple shorts with the single budget. Mm-hmm. This one is one where they, they, it continues the story mm-hmm. and continues the mythology. So it's, I mean, if you can find it somewhere, I believe it's on the Thor dark world DVD. Okay. So maybe next week when we're, I don't have that DVD, but all right. <laughs> I think I do. I think there was the last DVD I got. Uh, Cause then everything started going digital. Yeah. So as Pat, Pat alluded next week, nice. come on back. We're going to be talking about Thor dark world. We're really excited about this. Oh, one. we're going to have a time. <laughs> Um, so this is where I'll sign off. Thanks for coming back and listening to our little podcast episode. Um, Pat's going to take it away with some recommended reading, um, but I will bid you adieu. As always, at the end of each episode, we like to send you home with some recommended reading that follows up on some of the characters and plots presented in this week's film. Our recommended reading section is sponsored by Infinite Heroes, comics, cards, and collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut. If you're in the Connecticut or New England area, it's a great location to pick up comics from Marvel as well as DC, Image, and more. They also have a large collection of trading cards, toys, and collectibles. Owner Paul Santos has worked in comics for years, most recently as an editor at DC Comics. Ask him for a recommendation and tell him we sent you. Thanks for listening, and and hopefully you could find some good reading material from here. Uh, Obviously, the first recommendation is Iron Man Extremis uh, by Warren Ellis and Adi Granov. So this collects the first six issues of the Invincible Iron Man run, and it really helped to propel Iron Man into the 21st century. Iron Man 3 pulls a lot from the extremist storyline, including Doctors Killian and Henson, the extremist virus. Uh, Grenove, the artist here, does a lot of computer-generated work, even did a lot of the concept art for all the Iron Man films, uh, helping to design some of the suits and such. So next is Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. By Joe Casey and art by Eric Sinetti, Enter the Mandarin retells the first meeting between Iron Man and the Mandarin, in which the villain hijacks the shield, weapons facility. The story really hits on the differences between Tony's technology and the Mandarin's Eastern mysticism. It's a fun throwback and a good take on on some of the Silver Age classic stories. And then lastly, we have the Dragon Seed Saga. That's another Mandarin-focused storyline written by John Byrne and art by Paul Ryan, not 
that Paul Ryan. The story has Tony heading to China to seek a cure for a disease that's destroying his nervous system. Makes a deal with them to defeat the Mandarin who has awakened the dragon Fin Fang Foom. Um, Regrettably, no Fin Fang Foom in Iron Man 3 or the larger MCU just yet. But this series will help you get a better understanding of that Iron Man and Mandarin rivalry. And that's all we got this week. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening.